you have the chance to win a Spring Super Sweeps from LAist. Donate $60 for one entry to win a brand new Lexus or $25,000 in cash. Check out all the other prizes too when you donate now at LAist.com sweeps. I'm Austin Cross. Join me for LAist's new live event series with the James Beard Foundation. We are where we eat. We'll go behind the scenes of LA restaurants. The kickoff event is May 22nd. Tickets at LAist.com slash events. It's Film Week on LAist 89.3. I'm Larry Mantle, joined by critics Tim Cogshell of Alt Film Guide and Synagogues.com, Christy Lemire of RogerEbert.com, and co-host of the Breakfast All Day YouTube and podcast series, and Charles Solomon, critic for Animation Scoop and Animation Magazine. We begin with the sci-fi thriller ISS, which takes us to the International Space Station. Ariana DeBose stars with Chris Messina. The film is directed by Gabriella Kalperwaite and uh, Nick Schaefer is the screenwriter. Christy, what did you think of ISS? I was actually pretty impressed with how much they accomplished here. Um, it's clearly a low budget and a very limited space here. It takes place on the International Space Station. It's the near future. And we have three American astronauts and three Russian cosmonauts. And they're all there doing all their scientific stuff together and getting along and not talking about politics. But all of a sudden, one day... They see little flare-ups on Earth below, and there's a nuclear war that's bust out while they're up in in space, and both teams get directions from their respective commanders to take over the ISS by any means necessary. And it's really tense. I think it's really well done, and it accomplishes a lot in a little bit. Um, It's an interesting choice from Ariana DeBose coming off of her Oscar for West Side Story, a very flashy role as Anita. Here it is stripped down, and it is quiet, and it is small, and you feel like you are trapped up there with all of them because it's like stuff is held down with bungee cords and duffel bags are shoved into corners and it's not like, you know, snazzy, slick Kubrickian space. It's messy and it's cramped and you feel that tension. Uh, 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 Trapped, indeed. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It it is unfortunate that this film suffers by comparison to films like Apollo 13 and Gravity and, and films that have done these sort of human beings in space visually, with budgets far and away larger than this budget. In, in this film, you can see the wires. You can see the wires. <laughs> but you're supposed to. Well, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's production it's, design. Uh, also, also th- this film, ISS, the International Space Station is a very, very small thing. These people are upright all the time in this film, and they had to do that because the actors had to be able to do that. Now, what you do have is the tension of this narrative. I like the tension of the mayor, that notion, the Russian. You know, I mean, here we are in the world today, and I, and I can see that. Now, what they do with that is make a fairly ordinary and pedestrian thriller about the <laughs> Ruskies and the Americans and what we're going to do. And that's unfortunate because they could, you could open it up to so many interesting philosophical issues. Considering, considering we know uh, many of the uh, cosmonauts and astronauts who've been on that space station, I've met two or three of them. Uh, some of them are from around about here. I know these human beings and the nature of them, and I, and I do wonder what would these kinds of humans actually do with those orders. And I don't believe any of them would do the things that these, these folks do with these orders. We do have these images out of those ports that Christy mm-hmm. was talking about when, when the earth goes aflame. That's what this film has to offer, the images of that earth from space. 
They're extraordinary. It sounds though like you were able to suspend disbelief and just go for the ride, Christy. Oh, totally. Because I, I feel like the way that they make you mistrust everyone, the way that they all are mistrustful of each other is kind of fun. Like you don't know who's telling the truth. You don't know whose alliances are safe ones. And that's constantly shifting. And there's some visual stuff they do. There's a scene where they're, they're drinking whiskey <laughs> and the liquid kind of bubbles up, up, up because there's no gravity and that visual of a liquid bubbling up comes back later on in a way that is chilling so they they accomplish a lot visually i thought in an impressive way but i mean this is going back to a theme that was very popular in um like 50s and 60s science fiction arthur c Clarke and uh ray bradbury all did stories of seeing the earth go up and then how did the people who are watching it um, respond. Mm. I think there was even a Twilight Zone, if I recall, <laughs> which this is a theme. ISS, a sci-fi thriller starring Ariana DeBose, Gabriella Capperthwaite is the director, Nick Schaefer, the screenwriter. It's rated R in wide release. The Kitchen is a British sci-fi adventure film starring Kane Robinson and Jediah Bannerman. The film is directed by Daniel Kaluuya and Kibwe Tavares, uh, making feature directorial debut for both of those. Uh, also, uh, uh, Kaluuya, one of the writers of the screenplay. Tim, what would you think of The Kitchen? Oh, I really, really like this film. This is very, very good. Um, it's sharp, it's fast, yet slow. And I'll, I'll explain what I mean by that in a moment. It's very pointed and very serious about its concerns, right? And its concerns in, involve the structure of society, caste systems uh, um, um, in the future in London. About 2040 is when I think it's set, if I'm not mistaken. And I love the way it looks because it's all very futuristic, but not. Everything looks ordinary. And what this film questions is, what, what will society really look like when we have a future of haves and have-nots, but for real? None of that Elysium stuff with a spaceship. No, no, no. This, in looking at this film, I got the feeling that, yeah, I think it'll look something like this. Yeah, I think it'll, it'll be something like this. The, the kitchen is this high-rise complex. There are several of them all over London. And people uh, have simply taken them. Uh, they, these people should all be evicted. They shouldn't be living there. But they just said, no, we're not moving. We're staying. Every now and again, the powers that be send in these troops, these armed, jackbooted thugs to beat these people up and get them out of there one by one. And they lock it down and they support each other. We have this man. His name is Kane. He, uh, he's in that series Top Boy, if you, if you like British cop drama. Uh, he's wonderful in that series. and He's outstanding in this movie. And, and little by little, we find out things about him. He grew up in the kitchen. He works at this place that reminded me of that situation in Soylent Green, where Edward G. Robertson goes at the end of his life. There's one of those dynamics here that's really sharp and really kind of chilling, too. Um, he finds out that he has a son, and he has to decide what he's going to do. Is he going to stay in the kitchen with all of these people, or is he going to do what he really wants to do, is to get out of there? But, but it's about that. It's about these people fighting for a place to exist. Can we not even live in nothing is what these people are saying. This is nothing, and you won't let us have that either. I thought it was a very sharp film, very moving. We're talking about The Kitchen, starring Kane Robinson. Christy? I liked it a lot, too, and I liked the visually the kind of the high and the low of it because these high-rise slums they live in are, like, brutalist and concrete and grim and very textural. But then there's cool technology even within them, like you're brushing your teeth in the mirror and you, your messages come up, your emails come up, like, in a digital way, and you can swipe away from them if you don't want to see them. So little touches here and there that, 
can't let you know you're in the future, although these folks don't even have water mm. sometimes. Um, that kind of reluctant father figure story in a dystopian future, we have seen so, so, so many times, including really recently on The Last of Us, where you have the, you know, the stoic, reluctant dad and the mouthy, precocious teen, and they've got to navigate this awful world together. And will they survive? And will they learn to come together as a makeshift family unit and drop their guards and love each other? Well, yeah, of course, all that's going to happen. But the writing here is so strong. The performances are so good. They feel so real. They feel like real people, don't they? Mm. And the kid's really great in it. And uh, I was really impressed that this is a directorial debut. It's it's really ambitious, but also feels just smart and very confident at the same time. Yeah, D- Daniel and Kibway. Kibway, very interesting fellow. Directorial debut, yes, feature film. He's made many, many short films. He is an architect. Uh, he's a Bartlett School of Architecture guy, master's degree in architecture. And, and, and when you look at this movie, what he's doing is he's mapping out a future for a society that he intends to build. He's designed all of these buildings that are in this movie. They're digital in the movie. But he's designed these, these, these buildings, these ways of living. And he's just a brilliant, brilliant fellow, this young fellow. And he's figured out a way to meld architecture with cinema uh, and to sort of show the world that he intends to build before he builds it. Also, I mentioned the, I'm sorry, the use of music is really great, oh, too. Isn't it awesome? Great soundtrack and such joy in this bleak place. It's this really great like line dancing when they were, scene when they were the roller skating rink. <laughs> that was so good. There's some good moments here. Yeah. We're talking about The Kitchen, which is streaming on Netflix, starring Kane Robinson, co-directed by Daniel Kaluuya and Kibwe Tavares. Kaluuya and Joe Murtaugh wrote the screenplay. It's rated R, The Kitchen on Netflix. The end we start from, a British dramatic thriller stars Jodie Comer and Catherine Waterston. Uh, the film's directed by Mahalia Bello and uh, written by Alice Birch. It's uh, adapted from uh, a novel of the same name, The End We Start From. Tim, what'd you think? This is outstanding, too. Watch this right after you watch The Kitchen. They go together. I swear that they do. Uh, a very pregnant Jodie Comer uh, um, uh, is in this. It's in her home. There's this torrential storm going. On. I mean, like a biblical storm going on, and and she's about to have this baby. Her water breaks when the when the, when the water around uh, London and the United Kingdom breaks. So we find ourselves in this movie with people who are kind of in a last of us sort of situation in the UK. I like that it's about the UK, it's not the whole world, there isn't some sort of evil mushroom that's gonna take over your brain or zombies or anything like that, but this destruction has happened and people become what people become, this pregnant woman. We're gonna find ourselves on a road trip with this woman, she's gonna have that baby, and she's got to get to where she can be safe with that baby. Uh, And it's just a fantastically, uh, it's a story of endurance, but it comes down to this notion of what do we do when something like this happens? Again, it's not zombies, you know. Uh, A terrible thing has happened. It's extreme weather. But are are we going to come back from this or are we going to let it all go? That's the question at the center of this movie. Shall we simply let it all go or will we try to get it back? Uh, and she has a reason to try to get it back because she's got that baby. It's a really, really, really strong film. Uh, perhaps a little repetitious in some of our walking down these ancient streets and stuff like that. But nevertheless, the thoughts and the notions that are going on here are very, very moving. It's very strong. What about the performances that Bella elicits? It's good acting. Oh, yeah, well, Jody Comer is Jody Comer. Yeah. So, so what are you going to do? Yeah, but, the, but the rest of the movie, too, Mark Strong into this movie, there are a few other characters that are sort of relevant to what's going on. I don't want to give anything away, so I don't want to talk about them too much, but they're all 
just as strong as they can possibly be. The end we start from is the drama from the UK starring Jodie Comer. Mahalia Bello is the director. Alice Birch wrote the screenplay. It's rated R. You can see it in select theaters. Uh, Maboroshi is a Japanese animated drama. The film is written and directed by Mari Okada. Charles, please tell us about Maboroshi. Well, Mari uh, Okada is one of the few writer-directors who are women in Japan. We're slowly getting more of them. There are more female producers, but it's still relatively unusual. And so she's she's gotten a lot of attention. This is an interesting film. The premise is... Uh, in this tiny, isolated valley, there's an explosion at a steel plant where they've been mining the ore from a, a mountain that's inhabited by a local deity, a kamisama. And when that goes off, the town is frozen in time. It's not like Groundhog Day, where they live the same thing over and over again. It's that they know nothing is ever going to change. Uh, the pregnant woman, as Tim was talking about, there's one who's so excited to be having her first child, but she will never have it. She'll just continue being pregnant. Oh, wow. The kids who are at the center of it realize they're never going to grow up. They're going to be teenagers forever for as long as this strange world continues. Uh, things start to get complicated when the hero and heroine discover a feral girl living in the ruins of the steel plant who is somehow connected to all this. It's The storyline is a bit more convoluted than it needs to be, and the film is a bit longer than it needs to be. But that image of a life that just continues so drearily and endlessly without any break or any change is quite chilling and something I think that's new we really haven't seen before. It sounds like mm. a significant social commentary as well. Yes, and as with um, uh, Godzilla Minus One, you once again have a Japanese government that apparently can do nothing. Mm. These people are stranded there. They're left to their own resources. Eventually it's the kids who try and find a way to solve this, not surprisingly, but that impetus of the government can be seen once again as a commentary on the government's failure in the crisis that we call Fukushima, where they were simply could not muster an adequate response. We're talking about the Japanese animated film Maboroshi, which is written and directed by Mari Okada. It's rated PG-13 in Japanese with English subtitles, and Maboroshi is streaming on Netflix. You can see it there. I do want to remind you that our Film Week Academy Awards preview is coming up. On March 3rd, Sunday, just the week before the Oscars, we'll be at the historic Orpheum Theater in downtown Los Angeles. We'll be bringing all of our critics together again on stage, watch clips of the films, and talk with our critics about the major categories to get their sense of who should win, which performances, which screenplays, which movies have been overlooked. They'll share their opinion on that. That's all coming up on Sunday, March 3rd, afternoon the film week academy awards preview at the orpheum theater tickets are available at laus.com slash events we hope to see you there in the audience and a big crowd to enjoy what's an incredibly wide-ranging year in film with some truly great movies that are under consideration back with more with our critics on film week in just one minute
support for LAS comes from Latino Theater Company at the Los Angeles Theater Center presenting American Mariachi by Jose Cruz Gonzalez. It's the 1970s and women can't be mariachis. Or can they? American Mariachi is a feel-good comedy about familia, amor, and tradición that will send your heart soaring and put a bounce in your step with a wave of vibrant, infectious live music. On stage through June 9th, tickets and information at latinotheaterco.org. Imagine if you could charge your electric vehicle at the places you already love to eat, shop, and play. Whether you're at the movies, on your weekly grocery trip, or running errands at your local mall, Volta EV charging stations are built around your day-to-day and located in your community and nationwide. All you have to do is check in, plug in, and go about your day. It's EV charging made convenient. Download the Volta app to find your new favorite place to charge. So good to have you with us on Film Week. I'm Larry Mantle, joined by critics Charles Solomon, Christy Lemire, and Tim Cogshell. Next, the Vietnamese drama Inside the Yellow Cocoon Shell. It's written and directed by Tin and Pham. Tim, what do you think? Well, this is a very strong film. It's a slow roll. Uh, it's very much about the images, the language, the thoughts, the ideas, but very much the images. Some some scenes in this film go on for two minutes, uh, very very purposefully, uh, and, and it, it lingers on things very purposefully. It's it's highly constructed and predetermined, although it's meant to feel random. Uh, of course, anything that feels just random can't be <laughs> random. So it's very, very, very specifically constructed. Um, beginning with this conversation that these young men are having at the beginning of the film, uh, at Tien, uh, our character that we're going to follow, he's an ag- agnostic boy, and he's talking with his friends about agnosticism, atheism, and, and life, and death, and all of this kind of stuff. And, and slowly, 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 as they're talking, the camera drifts right to the street in this cafe where they are, and there's this horrible accident. This is all in real time. In this accident, a woman is killed, and the little boy survives. It's going to turn out that that woman is Tien's sister-in-law, and the little boy is his nephew. Random, but not. We're going to have this film where he has to take uh, her body and that little boy back to the village that they grew up in in Vietnam. His brother married her and ran off many, many years ago, and they don't know where he is. And and, and on this long trip with him and this little five-year-old boy, we're going to talk and we're going to look at stuff. And, and this little boy has the most insightful questions. I mean, they are piercing. Uh, and it is amazing to watch this actor uh, try to figure out how to answer those questions. Because I'm sitting there and watching this movie. I'm like, oh, bro. <laughs> you know, I I don't know. I can't help you. And and that's the movie. It's very, very slow. It's extremely beautiful. Uh, it never answers any of these questions. Not a single one. And it doesn't care. It's daring, this film. You got to sit there. You got to watch it. You got to feel it. But if you do, man, you're going to get something out of this movie. It's lovely, lovely, lovely. I, th- I think it won an award or something at Cannes, or at least it was nominated. It's like the Critics Week or something. Yeah, like Cannes that. was the winner of the Golden Camera nah, Award. That's what it was, yeah. Um, So it sounds like it's it's a road trip film, but even at that, a leisurely road trip. A very leisurely road trip film between a young man, he's probably only 29 or 30, 10, and and that little five-year-old boy. Uh, uh, who's smarter than most people I've met in my life. And great chemistry between the two actors. Wonderful. Just a wonderful woman. Inside the Yellow Cocoon Shell is the title of the Vietnamese drama written and directed by Tien An Pham. Uh, It's uh, one showing only at the Egyptian Theater in Hollywood this Sunday, and then at the Los Feliz 3, it has a single showing next Thursday, January 25th. It's unrated in Vietnamese with English subtitles. 
The romantic film Which Brings Me to You stars Lucy Hale and Nat Wolf. Peter Hutchings is the director. Keith Bunnan is the screenwriter. Christy, please start us on Which Brings Me to You. This was very cute and charming. It has a very clever central conceit. So Lucy Hale and Nat Wolf are Jane and Will. They meet cute at a wedding and flirt and are instantaneously attracted to each other and they start to make out and kind of hook up with each other in the coat closet and they realize, no, 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 this is not a good idea. Let's actually get to know each other. And so they spend the rest of the movie telling each other stories about ex-boyfriends, ex-girlfriends, mistakes they've made, things they've learned. But the fun thing with this is that, let's say Nat Wolf's telling a story about a, a college girlfriend he had. Lucy Hale will show up inside that story in the dress she's wearing to the wedding like, really, you said that to her? And so they're constantly commenting on one another's mistakes and their foibles. And the chemistry is really great. They're both super attractive and have a a nice way with each other. It's a fun movie. I would say it goes on way, way, way too long. The Mm. ending consists of them at dawn standing there explaining everything to each other and in a way that is so needless it should be so implicit based on the bond they have forged over all this time so I liked it for a while and by the end I'm like all right let's get going here (laughs) which brings me to you uh, the romantic film Tim when when I when I read the title of this just read the title of it you know which I read it like this which brings me to you that's what was in my head right Right, (laughs) so 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 not that movie at all (laughs) that movie might be interesting though this is this is cute it really, really is. I, I, sometimes I forget that there are like young people who've never done any of these things before. Uh, you know, Harry Met Sally. What are those Ethan Hawke, Julie Delphi movies? Before. Yeah. Before and after. Before Sunrise. I have three decades of these movies in me, so, so this is killing me. But I'm thinking that young people watching this movie are probably experiencing something very, very familiar to them mm-hmm. uh, as they sort of work their way through these things. So I have to remind myself of that. And, and, and in that context, I say, yes, kids, go ahead and watch Watch your cute little movie. Which Which, brings me to you. Which brings me to you. It's it's, it's an uplift. (laughs) Which brings me to you. Which brings me to you? (laughs) Lucy Hale and Nat Wolf. Co-star Peter Hutchings directed its unrated, adapted from a novel of, of the same name. It's in select theaters. Inshallah, a boy uh, is directed by uh, Ajmad al-Rashid in a feature directorial debut. Uh, The film is unrated. Tim, what did you think of Inshallah, uh, a boy. Ah, God's will, a boy. Uh, this is a very, very, very powerful film, a uh, Jordanian film. Um, um, and, and this this film is interesting in that it is about things that you can't really make films about in Jordan. Um, mostly, uh, this woman who has a daughter and a husband, her husband is killed. Uh, the male family members of her husband, her husband's brother, want to take her house from her, her apartment from her, because they can't, right? Um, uh, she's, uh, she, she tells them, uh, the court, I- I'm pregnant. Uh, and I'm pretty sure my baby's going to be a boy. Uh, uh, she has no idea whether or not she's pregnant. She certainly could have no idea whether or not the baby was going to be a boy. But it's enough to stave off the system while she tries to pull her things together, her assets together. The one thing that she needs to do most is learn to drive. Her husband had bought this truck. Payments have to be made on the truck. If she can learn to drive, she can use that truck to make the money to save her house. It's a stick shift, unfortunately. <laughs> which is tough. Which is not tough. I taught my mother to drive on a stick shift from about two hours, 50 years ago. But nevertheless, in this movie, it's a tough thing for her And she her has to, to teach herself. And she has to teach Chris. No men until she meets one good guy. 
one good guy, which is why I think they let this film be made in Jordan. The film is Inshallah, a boy, the Jordanian film directed by Amjad al-Rashid. The film is unrated. It's in Arabic with English subtitles. And it's Jordan's official submission for Best International Feature at the upcoming Oscars. You can see Inshallah, a boy at Lemley's Glendale Theater. Cowboy Bebop, the movie, which was first released uh, back in uh, 2001 in Japan and 2002 here in the U.S., is getting a re-release. Cowboy Bebop, the movie. Charles. When Shinichiro Watanabe completed Cowboy Bebop, the series, which is one of the really classic pieces of anime, uh, he killed off Spike Spiegel, the hero. I mean, the character demanded it. But everybody was upset. Tim's still upset. Yes, so am I. And they wanted it to keep going. So they couldn't do another season, so they made the feature that takes place sort of in the middle of the uh, TV series. It is the closest thing you'll see to an animated film noir that actually works. We've seen some American things with Batman where it looks good in stills but doesn't have the right kind of moving and pacing and tension to it. And here they're on Mars. Uh, Spike and his gang are bounty hunters. They, they don't want to get involved in anything, but they end up trying to capture someone who is going to poison the entire population with these nanomachines made of protein. And they have to find a way to outwit him. And the big showdown comes amid Halloween celebrations. So you've got you know, a whole parade of people in scarecrow and pumpkin costumes And there are interesting shadows and patterns. And it's just so much fun to be there with Spike and Jet and Faye and the gang again. It's a really strong movie. And again, it shows Japanese artists using animation in a way we don't in this country. 22 years after its theatrical release, it's back. Cowboy Bebop, the movie directed by Shinichiro Watanabe. The film's written by Keiko Nobumoto. It's unrated, and you can see it in select theaters for three nights only starting this Sunday, January 21st. The Palestinian documentary Bye Bye Tiberius is directed by Lena Sualem. Uh, Christy, what do you think of this documentary? It's very lovely and personal and, and gentle. So the filmmaker, Lena Sualem, is the daughter of longtime Palestinian actress Chaim Abbas, who has done so much. Like, she is Logan Roy's wife in succession, the most recent wife on succession. She is great in The Visitor. She is great in Munich. Like, Blade Runner 2049, just an actress of, of elegance and power who is always good no matter what it is. And so she goes with her daughter back to the Palestinian village where she grew up and reminisces about the reasons that she left. She's a, a, one of like seven children and you know dared to go off to Paris and then to the United States to go become an actress. And there's a lot of home movie footage from her childhood. And it's about, you know, multi-generational connections and women and tradition and looking forward and it's maybe a little too 
intimate and a little too personal. I feel like there's maybe no there's no clear eyed kind of distance on this woman and her career and and the decisions. It's it's you know it's it's a daughter making a film about her mother. Mm. You know, so it, it's so incredibly personal and and, and delicate. So um, I like a lot about it, but I I kind of wish it were I don't know made by somebody else maybe mm. <laughs> who wasn't her daughter. <laughs> it, it, it's 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 a funny thing because very little of her career they talk about when you when you went off to to, to be to be an actress uh, when she was in her early twenties. They talk about that a wee bit. But I'm like, this woman is in a, this is a, she's a huge, the lemon tree, Larry? Yeah. Syrian bride? Yeah, she's big, the Syrian bride. Film. She's yeah. a huge, huge movie star. Mm-hmm. Uh, and her career, she didn't just go off to become a little actress. No, oh, she's the, she's, she's this important. woman. She's a, yeah. and, but you would not know that from this film. And it matters in, in the context of everything that she left. Right. Uh, had she stayed, she would have lived the lives of her seven sisters. She has seven sisters. And we meet her, her mother and, uh, and pictures and other things, her grandmother. So this, this deep generational stuff by this lake. Um, so I, I, I agree. I, I, I like the film here, but I think there should have been more film mm-hmm. here. We're talking about the documentary Bye Bye Tiberius, uh, directed by Lena Swalem. Uh, the film is unrated, and it's Palestine's submission for the best international feature film category of the upcoming Oscars. You can see it at Lemley's Monica Film Center in Santa Monica. I want to turn our attention to the Annie Awards, which honored the best in animation. Uh, and for the first time ever, Disney and its Pixar division have been shut out of the best feature category. Charles um, this obviously makes Disney very unhappy, but are you shocked that this has happened? Uh, not really, although in all fairness, in the five films that are nominated, Nimona, Spider-Man, Suzume, The Ninja Turtles, The Boy and the Heron, are pretty much what's been on all the top awards competitions. The one change is the Turtles, uh, Elemental, and um, uh, uh, Chicken Run have been kind of shifting among them. But the other four are very solid. Uh, And even perhaps more surprising is that Wish was nominated for nothing. Elemental is nominated for several awards for animation, for voice acting, uh, and so forth. But, I mean, Wish simply wasn't a very good film. Yeah, I'm not surprised by that, but Elemental, I am surprised. It's got some real fans. Yeah, it does, and it was the little film that could that started out with the unimpressive opening and bad reviews and just kept chugging along and ended up doing fairly well. Uh, you know, not a huge blockbuster, but it did respectively. But uh, Nimona was the big uh, nominee here. I think it gets nine awards, it's a very interesting film. I found it a little bit too talky, but it's got the first gay hero in an American animated film. There's some really nice design work, some really good animation of this shape-shifting character. Suzume is uh, uh, Makoto Shinkai, extraordinary filmmaker, another heroine who is just a brave, intelligent teenage girl, and that's all you need to be to solve the problems. You don't have to have superpowers. You don't have to transform. You don't need a magic theme song. If you're an intelligent, resourceful girl, you can accomplish whatever you need to. Uh, I thought the Turtles were was a lot of teenage fun. mutant ninja turtles. Yeah, and of course the boy and the heron is Miyazaki, and I don't know that it, that it gets. Well, that any was better. a slam dunk. You yes. knew that was going to be nominated. <laughs> yeah, uh, if anything, anything was. So you you wouldn't replace any of these five. It sounds like. Uh, no, again, the only one that anybody's been changing is: Do you prefer the turtles? Do you prefer the new Chicken Run, 
or do you prefer um, Elemental, which are all good films. Um, I'm not sure any of them is really great, and I'm not as high on Spider-Man as some people. I don't think it was as good as the first one. Um, I'm, I mean, you, uh, Tim and Christy, you, you saw, you've all seen most of these, didn't you? Spider-Verse is awesome. I think it's way better. I, the first one was groundbreaking. I thought, how are they going to top this? And they did. You thought the second mm. was better. Yeah, than they, oh, they wow. cram more into the frame. It's so alive. The variety of, of animation styles was constantly thrilling. Mm. So I'm a fan of that one. I'm a big, I'm a big Teenage Mutant Turtles guy. That, that, first of all, teenagers. <laughs> they were actually teenagers. Yeah, I remember. I just said how much you enjoyed And the animation is fantastic. Hey, I do want to quickly mention, um, before Michael Mann joins us in conversation about Ferrari, that our Wade Major wanted to make sure to recommend The Power of Film, a TV miniseries with new episodes every Thursday. Thursday on Turner Classic Movies. More to come on Film Week with Michael Mann. The LAS Spring Super Sweeps is happening now. You can win amazing prizes while supporting your source for local fact-based journalism. One lucky grand prize winner will get to choose a brand new Lexus or $25,000 in cash. Other prizes include an electric bike from Juice Bikes and $1,000 gas gift cards. Your donation of $60 gets you one entry to win. And the more you give, the more entries you get. Donate now at LAS.com sweeps.